So before we get started, I want to thank some people. I, if you're an OC Kids volunteer in any way, shape, or form, Sunday School, Wednesday night, nurseries, Adventureland, OC Kids, stand up, please. I want everybody to see who you are. OC Kids, you are not volunteers. Sit down. <laughs> everybody give them a round of applause. I would not survive a single service without these people. They are the ones that really make it happen, I'll be honest. They're my rocks. Audrey's my emotional rock. She tells me to calm down sometimes. <laughs> or we're both crying, so. <laughs> um, they would not, our services would not be able to happen without them. If you would like to be a part of our services, let me know. I mean, you've already got to see how fun they are. But in reality, like, I wouldn't be able to do without you guys, and I'm super grateful for you, so thank you all very much. I also want to thank the parents of the kids, because they wouldn't be able to be here without you guys. And so we wouldn't be able to pour into them and grow their faith without you guys. So kudos to you. I know the Sunday morning getting ready fights are sometimes horrible, but it is worth it, and you guys are doing a great job. It might not be said enough, so you are all doing amazing. So... Today we are, we're going to dive right into this, because my lessons and kids are like super short, so that's what we're going to do today, too. Um, we are going to talk about the book of Job, and we're going to talk about Job. So, if you want to go ahead and open your Bibles up to Job, we'll be in chapter 1. Uh, if you don't know who Job is, just a short story, he lived in a land, in a place called Uz. I'm assuming that's how you say it, it's U-Z, we're going to say Uz. And he had a large family, a lot of lands, large animals a large amount of animals, and he was a very God-honoring, blameless, and upright man. He was very careful to stay away from evil, and he praised the Lord. Anyways, he praised him. Anyways, that is the theme of today. So we're going to, before we get started, I want the kids, I had a few of them tell me that they would come up here. So if you told me you'd come up here, will you come up here? Serenity was one of them. Wyatt Cadence was one of them. They are going to tell us a little bit of what Jesus means to them. Every week in Kids Church, we, I am very, uh, I don't know what the word would be, I love seeing them get to use their faith. Like if you didn't hear Wyatt singing, Wyatt is an amazing worshiper. All of these kids are amazing worshipers. And so every week we write not every week, a lot of the times we will write something that goes along with a lesson. Like we have wrote down who God says we are. We wrote down prayer requests that we've laid down at the altar. And we, last week we wrote letters to God where they had the opportunity to either write um, something they wanted God to know, a question they wanted to tell God, or just something that they wanted to say. So these guys were brave enough and they would, told me that they would tell it to you guys. So can you tell us what God means to you? It's three if it's not. Start from over here. From over here. <laughs> okay, Wyatt, you'll go first. Speak into it. I would probably say that he means everything to me because, well, he gave me everything I got. Yeah. It's okay. You can say it again. Hey, somebody take it. God means to me everything. God means to me the ultimate sacrifice. God gave you the ultimate sacrifice. Can you think of anything? Okay, give it to Gavin. Come on, Gavin, you told me what you were going to say earlier. Thank you, God, for giving me everything you gave me. All right, that works. Give him a round. Oh, you got it? Thank you, God, for 
everything that you've done for me. All right, you guys need to sit down. That was, it is scary having everybody hear your voice. Do, do not, do not, do not, okay. <laughs> do it anyways, I guess. So every week, I have some of the notes that they wrote last week, and the majority of them are like, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. You are amazing. Like, majority of them are love you. There are some questions in there. And, like, these kids, their faith blows me away. Like, every week, we prepare, we plan, and we go back there to teach them about the Lord and to pour into them. And every week, I feel like I leave with something that they've taught me, whether it's patience <laughs> or it's just their, like, perspective on things and their love that they have for the Lord, it's refreshing. So when I said earlier, parents are doing a great job, I mean you are doing an amazing job. These kids know who God is, and that's because of you. It's not because of us. We just, we're here, and we watch them, and we pour into them. But you guys have planted that seed. So back to Job. Uh, in chapter 1, verse 8 through 12, the Lord told Satan, that Job was a very honorable man. So he says, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? No one else on earth is like him, a man of perfect integrity who fears God and turns away from evil. Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Haven't you placed a hedge around him, his household, and everything he owns? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he owns, and he will surely curse you to your face. Very well, the Lord said to Satan, everything he owns is in your power. However, do not lay a hand on Job. So, first of all, how awesome would it be to have God boast about you? Like, your faith is that awesome that God is like, yeah, you can go test him. Because here's a fun fact, God is proud of all of you. And, and the faith that you have, God will never... People say, well, God causes bad things to happen. He doesn't. He's testing your faith. So a little bit later, that's later in the sermon. We'll get there later. So a little bit later, Job received four messages, each bringing separate news that his livestock, servants, and what felt like everything was taken away. But Job reacted in the most humble and the perfect model of a way that we're supposed to act when things come our way. So in Job chapter 120, verse 22, it says, Job stood up, tore his robe, and shaved his head. He fell to the ground and worshipped, saying, Naked I came from my mother's room, and naked I will leave this life. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So throughout all of this, throughout all of this Job did not sin or blame God for anything. And that alone is admirable. Like, I mean, maybe not the shaving your head part, because I'm not about that. But the first thing Job thought to do when he received that everything what felt like everything had been taken away from him was to fall down to his knees and worship God. He knew that whatever was happening, it wasn't, God wasn't trying to hurt him, God was trying to help him grow. So Satan was frustrated that Job didn't cave to the problem of his life. He, so Satan wanted another shot. So Satan approached the Lord again and said that wasn't enough. Something needs to happen to Job. Job was physically fine, like I mean obviously mentally like he was grieving from the loss of everything, but men, like physically he was fine. But the Lord knew that his faithful servant would not waver, and he said, go ahead. The Lord knew that he could handle this, despite, like to us, like, I would feel like four messages of life-altering, devastating news would be enough. But Job ended up with skin sores, and he had boils all over himself. 
And as Job was scraping the skin sores and the boils off of his body, his wife said to him in chapter 2, verse 9 through 10, Are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. You speak as a foolish man, Job said. Should we only accept good? Should we accept only good from God and not adversity? Through all of this, Job did not sin in what he did. Even Job's friends tried to convince him that Job must have done something horrible for all of these things to happen to him. He must have messed up in some big way, and God is punishing him for that. But even then, Job knew as long as he would stay faithful to the Lord and he would continue to praise him anyway, God would continue to be there for him. Despite the world falling around Job, he knew that God was good. And I personally feel like the book of Job is overlooked almost. I just, it's not as common as like, you know, the four gospels. And, but Job is the model, what I would say the model of Christianity that we're supposed to have, the model of faith and the model of like perseverance that we have with God. Despite all of everything, he chose to praise God anyways. So many times, and I'm guilty of this because I've asked these questions, but somebody, people have asked me the question, why did God allow that to happen to someone? Why did this person have to die? They were so good. What did I do to deserve this? I mean, why did God not put out the burning bush that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were about to be thrown in after they were praising, after they were worshiping and listening to God? And it comes down to two simple points. The first one is God is trying to test our faith. He's trying to see if your mouth, if your actions are as big as your mouth is. Because we, can, we sing the songs on Sunday and we, we are in this church and we all have great faith in this building, right? But when we walk out the doors, sometimes it's not always as great because then the world's out there. In Joshua 1.9, it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We all know that verse by heart. We have it on signs in our homes. I mean, I'm guilty. I have it, sign in, have it as a sign in my bedroom. And we all know that, yeah, God's with me. But the funny thing is, is we don't live like it. We know it, but God, we don't live like he's actually with us. Like, we have so much fear. And I promise you, I'm guilty. Like, if you would have seen me this morning, the, like, I was paralyzed by the anxiety of getting on this stage. But after a while of the problem or the hardships in life, that's when Satan comes in and begins to whisper in our ears. I mean, he did it to Job. Satan doesn't always come, and you all know this, Satan doesn't always come as a scary monster. Sometimes he's wrapped up in something that looks amazing. Because his job is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to rip us away from that faith that we have with God. We begin to think that God is nowhere to be found and definitely not listening to our cries anymore, so we settle on, I can't hear God anymore. I'm not listening to God, so he's not listening to me, and I can't hear him. I was watching a short clip of a message from Mariah McManus, and she answered the frustration of God's silence perfectly. When people come up to me and say they've never heard God or God has stopped talking to them, I say this to them. When someone calls, you know who it is based on their voice. You know whether it's your mom, your dad, your best friend, or even a child because you know their voice, you know who they are. So you can't know God's voice if you don't know who God is. And so like this right here is who Jesus is. Because when... He has given it to us. He's laid it all out. I keep losing my spot. And he has laid it all out for us. And he said, get to know me here so that you can get to know me here. He wants us to, because when we know him here, the decisions and the answers that we're needing, we'll know. You, I'll be honest, I've never audibly heard God's voice. And if you have, I'd love to talk to you because how did you do that? But 
when we listen and we read who God is, we know his answers. We know to be strong and courageous. We know to walk with the Lord. Um, we know the voice and we'll distinguish the voice from, of God from us, even if it sounds like us, because it's a thought that maybe we never would have had or it's a decision that we never would have made without knowing who God is. But in order for God to be in the problem with us, in order for us to be able to follow God, we have to invite him in. Someone, I don't even remember where I seen that, but they referred to God as a gentleman. He's going to knock on the door. He's going to wait to be let in because he, that's what God gave us free will for. He wants us to invite him in, to invite him into the problem. Um, God wants to be in the problem with us. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want to fix your problems, I'll be honest. He wants you to invite him into the problem so that you can realize that you can be in a problem and the problem not affect you. He wants you to fight the problem with him, not alone and not saying like, oh yeah, God, you're over there, I'm gonna go fix this and then why are you still standing over there? Because God's a gentleman and he's not gonna come with you unless you ask. Um, earlier I talked about how the kids were, um, like the kids worship, it just like, ushers in the presence of the Lord. Like every, like how I said, like they make me cry, it does, because I, I get filled with goosebumps and the Holy Spirit is in that kid's sanctuary when those kids are worshiping and they were in here, he was in here today because these kids are the next worship pastors, the next pastors, the next teachers. They are going to be the next generation that moves mountains and it's proof every week back here that's what's going to happen because of their love for the Lord. They haven't, they haven't faced too much adversity yet. They know that like the hope that they hold on to is something that I wish I could go back and have and that I try to learn from them every week. Like, how did I have that hope when I was that little? How did I hold on to the love of the Lord so tightly that I want, like I want to get up here and talk when it's terrifying. <laughs> I, these kids are, the love for the Lord is like astounding. And every week in kids church, we have an altar call and they flood the altars and it, it blows my mind every time. I have some pictures, actually, of them. Do you want to pull those up? They, they know what prayer is, and I am so glad that they know that the power of prayer is, it works. And these kids, they understand that. I'm saying you parents are doing an amazing job. I, it makes me emotional every time. <laughs> but they know that this time, the altar call time, it is, they know they can talk to God anytime, but they know that this time is precious. It's when they're vulnerable, and they can talk to God, and the Holy Spirit is there, and a couple, there have been a few times that we haven't had an altar call in OC Kids just for the simple fact that sometimes it gets chaotic back there, and we have other stuff that, like right now, we're practicing for our Christmas play, and so we don't always get to everything that our normal routine is, and Ava Lewis every week, she's like, are we having an altar call today? I'm like, we sure will. <laughs> like, if you say so, we can have it, because these, they want to know the presence of the Lord even better than they already do. So, we are going to open up these altars in just a second. Um, but I want you guys to know that God knows who you are, and it's time that we acknowledge who God is. We know God is great, and we know God is powerful, but we need to live like God is great and God is powerful. That he can provide in the problem, and, he, and we can praise him anyways because we know that he will. Um, if the deacons, Rick and George, would all make their way up here. Um, if there's anything that you have been down about because it didn't go the way you planned or it just doesn't seem to be working out at all or everything seems to be crashing down or the plan you thought that was, for, that was from God is not working out, we need to be like Job. We need to come and kneel to our Savior and praise him anyway. Job didn't know why all of these things were happening to him. He asked God. He was like, why? Like, why, why is this happening to me? 
Job never got his answer. But Job knew that he knew his Redeemer lived, and he knew that at the end, he will stand on the dust. So we're going to open up these altars. And I told the kids that the altars are open for them as well, because when you guys see these kids pray, it makes you want to break down and cry, pray with them. But if you get, you can go ahead and start that music. But the altars are open for everybody. You guys will stand this morning and let's worship and enter in this time of prayer. If you're, if you're here this morning and you're going through something like she was preaching on and talking about, you're right in the middle of it right now. God wants you to know that he's there too. So we're opening up the altars. If you want to come and pray, you need healing in your body, you need salvation in your life, we want to welcome you to the altars. Amen, amen, amen. We still got a few praying. Have you enjoyed our service today? What a phenomenal job by our OC kids and by their leadership. Um, I'm so thankful that McKenna and the crew are back there pouring into our kids every single week. Um, I don't have that calling (laughs) on my life. um, She talked about the gifts of patience and things like that. Uh, I'm more of the, you know, I've worked with teenagers. I'm helping with the adults now. So I, I speak blessing over them every week that they're back there. But they're called to do that. That's, that's huge. You have a calling on your life to work with kids, to pour into kids, um, and to invest in them. And I'm so thankful that our church does that as a whole and that our leaders back there are doing that for them every single week. It's evident by what you guys saw today that our kids are getting it. They understand to sing without abandon. They understand to praise without worrying about what people think of you. Hello. <laughs> okay. So proud of them today. It was a great job from all of them. And I wish we all had childlike faith. That's what Jesus tells us to do. Come to me with a faith like a child, like a child. And somewhere along the way, as we grow up, we lose that a little bit. We forget about it. That at one time, I didn't care who knew anything about how I worshiped, when I worshiped, and how loud I was about Jesus. Let's have that childlike faith in us as a church. Again, great job to all you guys today. At this time, you can take a seat for just a minute. Um, I want to call up all of our veterans in the church this morning. If you guys would come up front, line the front of the church here. Come on up. Don't be shy. Any veterans in the house this morning? Amen. And there's heat. As Veterans Day approaches this week, we wanted to, to take time out of our service to recognize these individuals and thank them uh, from the bottom of our hearts for their service, for their sacrifice that they gave. Um, And I just wanted uh, the church to stand and give them a round of applause at this time. (laughs) 